ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network, and I'm glad you've tuned in. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and today we're beginning a new series here at the Relationship Center Podcast. We're calling it The Tests on Your Way to Destiny. The Tests on Your Way to Destiny. And we're going to be looking at the life of King David and seeing how David became the king of Israel, and not just the king of Israel, but a key descendant of, or rather a key ancestor in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is known as the son of David, and he comes from this lineage of King David through his father Joseph, and it was important that he comes through that lineage because it was a fulfillment of prophecy. And David, you would say that King David ruled Israel during its golden age. You could even argue and say that it was because of King David that Israel had a golden age of monarchy. And the monarchy at that time was amazing. Israel was in its glory. Its heydays were during the time of King David. And David is known throughout the Bible, one of the most famous uh, characters in all of Scripture. One of the most famous stories in the Bible is that of David killing Goliath. There are many things we learn about David. There are also some not-so-good things we learn about David. We know that King David slept with Bathsheba, for example, and we know that that brought a lot of trouble his way. And David started his life as a young man, and we introduced to him as a very young man taking care of sheep. And all the way to his deathbed, we kind of see, we kind of see an overview of his entire life. There are very few stories like that in scripture. There are few stories where you have an overview of someone's entire life. Uh, with few exceptions, you've got people like Samson whose life you see from the moment he was born to the day he died. You've got Jesus Christ from the moment he was born to the day he died. But there are people who, whose lives you only get to see in portions. For example, Paul the Apostle. You don't see Paul's birth. You only see Paul from the moment he's persecuting people as a member of the Pharisees, uh, as he's been sent out perhaps by the Jewish ruling council. And then you see him towards the end of his life as he writes his final letter, that is the book of Second Timothy. So you see a portion of his life, but you don't see his life. I wonder what Paul's life would have been when he was a kid. I'm sure Paul was alive during the time of Jesus, when Jesus was preaching. I would have loved to see Paul's life uh, in the backdrop of Jesus, the Messiah, walking around the streets. I wonder if Paul met Jesus before that. I wonder if Paul thought Jesus was a, a crazy, a crazy man you know, whom he later came to believe is his Lord and his Savior. So you get the point that we really don't have many people whose entire lifespans we see. And even for David, we really don't get his life from his birth, but we get it from his youth. And between his youth and his death, you understand that David was born for the throne. You understand that David was made for the throne. He was destined to be the king of Israel. And so you understand that David may have been anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 15, but he was crowned only much later. And we want to look at eight tests that David faced on his way to destiny, his destiny of becoming the king. And we want you to also evaluate your life and find out 
What is God's purpose for my life? What has God called me to do? What is God's requirement for my life? What is the place that I must sit, just like David sat on his throne, so that I can fulfill the purposes of God in my life? Why on earth am I here or not? So it's almost like a purpose question as well. It is a purpose question. And we're going to operate through this uh, series on the tests on the way on your way to destiny with the presumption that you know your destiny or with the presumption that you understand your purpose, with the presumption that you have a sharp understanding of your spiritual gifts, your natural gifts, your abilities, both natural and acquired, your personalities. You have a firm understanding of your experiences and their impact on who you are. And you're going to use all this to ask the Lord one question. Why on earth am I here on earth? What did you make me here for? Have you called me to be a doctor? Have you called me to be a preacher? Have you called me to work in the entertainment world? Have you called me to work with children? Have you called me to work in nature? Or have you called me to work in the concrete jungle? What is my purpose? How can my gifts bring glory to your name? How can my abilities, my know-how, my technical skills, how can my experiences bring glory to your name? How can I partner with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to ensure that his will is done and his kingdom comes here on earth as it is in heaven? So that calls for self-reflection on your part because God has called us to fulfill his purposes here on earth. And we know that is sure, for sure, is because at the end of all time, the Bible tells us that there's going to be a period of judgment. It's even popularly known as Judgment Day. What is Judgment Day? Judgment Day is the end of all time. It is the, I think the Greeks called it the Polygenesia. It's when the end of all time comes and we have to have the beginning all over again. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But in that beginning, it is preceded by an accountability. Before that beginning, it is there is an accountability. It, it is preceded by an accountability. And it's an individual accountability. The Bible says each of us must account for our lives before God. And the Bible says that God will repay each person according to his works. Each person. Each. And you realize that God has got a requirement. Jesus taught in the parable of the talents that there were three men who were given different amounts of money. And, 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 and the talents were basically measurements of gold and precious stones that they people that, that, that in ancient times that could be used for uh, doing large financial transactions, investments. So one had five talents, and what did he do? He multiplied his talents, brought back ten. Another one had two talents, multiplied them, brought back four. Then there was one who had one talent. Now, a talent was a, was a lot of... <laughs> if you knew what a talent looked like, um, in fact, a talent was a measurement of gold um, that was anything between 50 kilograms... 33 to 50 kilograms, okay? 33 to 50 kilograms of gold. So you're talking about perhaps 33, let's take 50, perhaps 50 kilograms of gold on the maximum. Uh, 50 kilograms of gold is a lot of money. You go just do the exchanges on the stock market today and you will discover that, that even the least, the guy who got the least, the guy who got one talent, was dealing with millions. 
what did he do with his talent? He buried it. He he put it to no use. He he squandered it, and he did not benefit the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We as believers ought to ask, what has God given us? What resources? What advantages? What opportunities has God given us? And how can we use them for the glory of Your name? So the first test on your way to destiny is the test of delay. The test of delay. When you are when you are committed to embracing your destiny, when you are committed to following up on what God requires of you, one of the major tests that you will face is the test of delay. And we see this in the life of David. Did you know that David was anointed in 1 Samuel 15, but yet he was crowned in 2 Samuel 5. All right? He was anointed, and he was anointed by Samuel the prophet and the seer in 1 Samuel 15, but the crowning only came 14 years later in 2 Samuel 5. There was a gap of 14 years before he inherited the throne. Please understand that there is a test of delay. And this test of delay is to cultivate patience inside of you. There are many people who believe that simply because they've been anointed, that they are now set to go out and inherit the throne. There are people who believe that simply because they've been anointed today, they will start leading the armies of Israel tomorrow. Not so. Look at King David. King David is anointed in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and after his anointing, what is he told? He has to go back and take care of the sheep. And David takes care of sheep for many years, or for quite some time, before he goes out to be king. Samuel anoints David as king, and nobody even knows David. I mean, his family, perhaps his family was a bit uh, famous. Who knows, you know? Um, but he was barely a person who was known. His father was Jesse. David is anointed as king. There's a new king. And you need to understand that in 1 Samuel 15, Saul has been rejected. Saul has been rejected. Saul has been rejected as king, and that and, and David has been has, has been chosen. So, in fact, he was chosen in 1 Samuel 15. He was not anointed in 1 Samuel 15. It was in the next chapter, chapter 16, that he was anointed. Because the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, for I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now it's interesting that um, Samuel is a seer and he hears this word from the Lord, but the Lord does not just say who it is. He says one of the sons. And this son, you would think, is someone who would be ready to replace Saul immediately. Mm -mm. It's a surprise. It's a surprise when Samuel gets there. The brothers come, they pass in front of him, and they're all wonderful, tall, amazing, you know, great men. They pass in front of Samuel. And each time the Lord says, nope, not that one, not that one. 
And then there's the youngest. The youngest. He is not old enough to be king. What does that mean? That if he's going to be king, we'd have to wait. We'd have to wait for him to grow up, to be the age of his brothers, to get the experience of his brothers. We'd have to wait for him. And David was, he was cute <laughs> when he was anointed. The Bible says that in 1 Samuel 16, that he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. He was he was cute. He was not a man. He was aw. He was he was cute. It's much later that David becomes a man. He's no longer handsome and ruddy and cute. No. He grows to be a man, a handsome, great man. Please understand, between cuteness and great fierce man is time. And that time can be a delay. You know, David would not handle the crown and handle the throne as a young man. He was inexperienced. The test of delay is not just to test your patience, but it is also build you. It is also to help you grow. Um, I once had a saying that says, how do you make a young boy? How do you turn a boy? into a king? And the answer is that you hold the crown above his head for him to grow up into it. And that's exactly what is happening to David. The crown has been held up above him and he must grow up into it. Now for many people, this is delay. I've been anointed. Why not now? Why not embrace now? Why not uh, get into that position now? Please understand that when God calls you, there, may, there must be a delay and that delay is for your good. Do not make the mistake of trying to rush the process. It will be like putting a cake, all right? Putting a cake in the oven. And as it's cooking, you get so impatient, you open the oven to check on it. And what happens when you open the oven? All the hot air that was necessary for baking the cake escapes. And if it escapes, guess what? The oven has to reheat. Please understand that when you keep checking on the cake, you add to the delay. You, you, you add more delay. You add more frustration. And there are people impatient for the crown, impatient for the throne, who try and rush the process, not knowing that in the process of rushing it, you actually facilitate more delay. Are you patient enough to wait for God's promises? Are you patient enough for God to crown you in 1 Samuel 16, or rather to anoint you in 1 Samuel 16, but to only crown you in 2 Samuel 5? Are you patient enough to pass this test? You see, you can only pass this test when you know a number of things. That one, delay is not denial. The Bible says, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that the good work that God began in us, he'll be faithful to complete it. Now, it refers to the work of salvation, but you must understand that the work of salvation begins here on earth, and it is intertwined with our purposes. So if God says he'll do something, he'll do it. Delay is not denial. You must look at delay 
as an opportunity to grow, to be prepared. You must understand delay as an opportunity not to be wasted, but to be built. Waiting is not wasting. Perhaps the destiny of your life involves someone to marry, but do you understand that before you get married, you must wait? Some of you have just come from toxic relationships, and God has saved you, and God has made promises over your life. Now, you want to get married tomorrow, lunchtime, you know, before everybody comes back for their break. You want to get married. Do you understand that there must be some time of delay? And that delay is not denial. It is to build you. In fact, I would argue and say that the sooner you cooperate with the Lord, the better it is for you. Though it lingers, though it tarries, it shall surely come to pass. Now, this concept is not new. The children of Israel came from Egypt, and the Bible says that there was a short way to get to the promised land. There was a very short way. But the Bible says that the Lord did not take them through that short way. You know, they were around the desert for 40 years, right? <laughs> I mean, they caused a lot of delay because of their, of their own um, because of their own grumbling and because of um, a lot of a lot of sin and rebellion. But you need to understand that the Lord took them another way. This is what it says in Exodus 13, verse 17. And I'm going to read from verse 17 all the way to 18. This is what it says. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Look at that. I like how it ends. It ends by saying the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. However, it begins by saying that they may face war and they may change their minds. They went out of Egypt, verse 18 says, ready for battle. These are people who are willing to fight. You told them, hey, fight. They be say, yes, we are ready. Pick up their swords. We are ready. It says they were ready for battle. Exodus 13, 18, they were ready for battle. These were men who are willing to fight. Can you imagine? They've been enslaved for so many years. And so they are finally free. And people who taste freedom will fight for that freedom like a man in the desert fighting for a glass of water. They'll fight for it. So you can imagine they are battle ready. They are trigger happy. They are willing to fight. However, despite being ready for battle, despite being battle hungry, despite being willing to fight, the Lord says in verse 17, if they face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. You see, just because you are hungry for battle does not mean you are ready for battle. Just because you feel ready does not mean you are ready. God knew they were not ready. God knew that if they saw war, yes, they may exert themselves to fight, but they would change their minds. And if they would change their minds, they would return to Egypt. They would give up on destiny. 
I strongly believe that if King David inherited that throne as a young man, he would see battle, figuratively speaking, or literally speaking, because he was a man of war, and he would return back to tending sheep. God sorts out your destiny by taking you through the long route. Delay is not denial. This concept is not new as well. In the life of Jesus, Jesus came on earth to save the world. And would you believe it that the Son of God waited for 30 years before he could launch his ministry? 30 years. I mean, this is the Son of God, sinless, perfect. Why not do it at 18? Effective, young. He's got all the energy. Why wait when you're 30, you're old, you're tired, you're stressed, you're frustrated? (laughs) Well, not really, but I mean, compared to an 18-year-old. Jesus had to wait. At age 12, Jesus demonstrated that he was more he was more expedient than the Pharisees. At the age of 12 in the temple, he demonstrated to be superior to the Pharisees as far as knowledge is concerned. I mean, the ministry could have started at age 12. He was ready. But destiny required him to wait for the age of 30. And at the age of 30, he did in three years what no man has ever done here on earth. He began a movement. He began a kingdom. He set up the kingdom of God on the earth through the gospel. I don't know what the Lord is planning to do through you, but I'll tell you guys, these examples from scripture are not just feel-good sensations. They are for you to examine your life and apply them appropriately. This concept is not new. Paul the Apostle called by the Lord, but he had to wait in Arabia for three years. And if you read the book of Galatians, he says, I was taught by the Lord in Galatians. Well, in the desert of Arabia, rather. In the desert of Arabia. And he was there waiting, waiting, waiting. And then we are told, after 14 years, he went to Jerusalem and with Titus. And you're still doing a lot of back, back, background work, you know, back and forth, back and forth, you know. That is Galatians chapter 2, verse 1, you know. He began ministry work much later, but he was in the desert of Arabia for about three years. Three years. And in these three years, what was he doing? Learning, understanding, grasping the gospel. Now, you need to understand that when Paul was converted, he was very excited. In fact, he began preaching and he got into trouble and they had to hide him for a while. And he was sent to Tarsus, right? But despite that, he had to go through that waiting period in the desert of Arabia. And there, there he had to listen to the Lord. There he had to wait. There he had to be grown into who he is today, the mighty Paul the Apostle, the one that we know, the one that we look at in history and just we we, we marvel at what this man has done. I mean, I mean, we marvel at what this man has done. This is what the scripture says. Let me read for you when he talks about his place in Arabia. The Bible says, um, Let me read from verse 15. It says, 
When God, who set me apart from my mother's womb but called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles. So look at that. That from his mother's womb, Paul attests that God had a plan for him, destiny. And when God was pleased, he revealed Jesus to him. And what was Paul's destiny? For David, it was to be the king of Israel and to lead Israel into a golden age for Paul it was to preach him among the Gentiles, to preach Jesus among the Gentiles. It says, after God revealed that to him, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. It says in verse 17, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before me, but I was, but I went to Arabia and later I returned to Damascus. Verse 18, then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, that is Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the brother, the Lord's brother. I assure you before the Lord that I have not, what I am writing is no lie. And he goes on to say how he went to Syria and Cilicia, and how he was unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. He was not known. This is a man who's been told he's going to do great, famous work, but he's not known. Delay. And that delay is not a bad kind of delay. It's a waiting. But you see, as far as a test is concerned, it's a test of delay. It looks like delay when it's a test, but it's a waiting. And he says they only had the report that the man who had formerly persecuted them is now preaching the gospel that he wants to try to destroy, the faith that he wants to do, the faith that he wants to try to destroy, and they praise God. And then after that, that's when he says after 14 years he went to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. Guys, what is God asking you to trust him for? On your path to your destiny. Some of you want it today. Some of you know God's call over your life. God has called you to be a minister and you want to be a minister next month. God has called you to be an evangelist and you want to start evangelizing the streets tomorrow. You, you already see yourself replacing the next generation. My friends, please understand that even when men and women in scripture were called, they had to wait for God's timing. Be patient. Because that characteristic of patience, if you master it, if you grasp it, if you practice it, it's going to help you as you rule the people of Israel. Destiny is calling past the test of delay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app, that is edifi.app. And you could also search for the podcast on the Google Podcast or the Apple Apple on, on the Google Play Store or the Apple Apple Store as well. Thank you and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.